So there's a whole house here mm-hmm. and you choose to leave your scabby trainers <laughs> right next to where I'm sitting in the living room. Yeah, but that's where I was standing when I took them off. You to throw them on the fire. Get them out of <laughs> the living room. Hi, and welcome to Tits and Tea, the self-sponsored that's not a thing self-published we're not a book and self-edited that's why it's clunky fortnightly podcast where Rochelle that's me and Emily that's me drink tea and talk about what are we going to talk about Mm, like life and stuff sure where we talk about life and stuff imagine this podcast is like having a cup of tea with a couple of mates enjoy this episode so good afternoon Emily Hello, Rochelle. How are you doing today? Oh, yeah, we've just had a little roadmap announced, haven't we, by old Dan, Dan the man here in Victoria. Well, you actually educated me on what a roadmap was, because, Mike, what's a roadmap? Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't heard that term before, considering that there was a roadmap for England. There was a roadmap the last time we came out of our really big lockdown. There's been a roadmap just launched in Sydney. Yeah. So, well done you for... Shutting out the outside noise. Well, do I shut? No, I don't shut it out because I get that many emails from different hospitals about criteria and what's happening. That that's the only information that I can actually hold in my brain. Is he actually just doing that? (laughs) Theodore's just picked up my shoe and plonked it next to the fire and used it as a pillow to rest his head. See, that's why I left my shoes there. Because my dog needs to use one of them as a pillow. That's very cute. Take a picture of that. That's weird. Put it on our new Instagram page that we haven't built yet that we're going to build by the time this is published. Anyway, so we've had um, the roadmap. Had the roadmap, so I'm just feeling like the end is nigh. There is, there is going to be an end to this. And in the meantime, you'll just continue to be my bubble buddy and we'll continue to drink tea. What are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking tea too. Spy chai yeah. today. It's just a bit of a wintry day in Melbourne, isn't it? Yeah, it's suddenly turned to winter again. You might be able to hear the fire in the background for those of you listening at home. It's so cold, actually, that I made a curry Mm. last night out of all those ingredients that we brought together (laughs) in Coles yesterday. Rochelle and I had like one of those those trips to Coles where you just... Shits. Shits to Coles. (laughs) One of those trips to Coles where you're just like, oh, everything felt really hard. And then I went to the self-service checkout <laughs> at the end, which is always about, uh, always a mistake. Get someone else to do that for you because those things are AI gone wrong. And we both stood there for ages looking for courgette. No, sorry. No, <laughs> no, 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 that's how it went you down, man. Said, you said, <laughs> how do you spell courgette? And I went, oh, and I stood there for a minute. And then suddenly I realised that we were in Australia and it wasn't called a courgette. It was called a zucchini. zucchini. Anyway, for those Brits at home playing along, don't forget. Eggplant, aubergine, courgette, zucchini, pepper, capsicum. Yeah. I don't know why all vegetables can't just be called the same thing in all of English languages. Or in all English speaking. You know what I mean? (laughs) Are you speaking English right now? No, clearly not. (laughs) So, my little review of the week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is this about the fact that you are glowing? I, I have a barley body. 
Yeah, I mean, you're pretty fucking orange, right? <laughs> so decided yesterday that I'd buy a new self-tan because I was a little bit of Bondi, sick of Bondi Sands. just seemed to be clumping on That's my skin. you put it on over more <laughs> tan. You have to have, with Bondi Sands, you have to strip the old tan off. Now, I don't know what is in that tan stripper, oh. and I'm pretty sure that it's not good for your skin. But the best way to use Bondi Sands is to, to go on virgin skin. Yeah. Yeah. So bought myself the barley tan barley body i think it's called and then i copied you because i didn't want you to be doing something that yeah, i wasn't doing ofs. um it went on amazingly and i felt like i could wear it out i'm wearing mine now i haven't washed mine off yeah you just look brown yeah but for but me you look very brown <laughs> and I how much do you put on well i only had mine on for three hours and it said to sit in it between <laughs> six and eight thank god i didn't do that otherwise i'd be um You'd be an umpa lumpa by uh, now yeah i would be auditioning to be the next umpa lumpa because i mean i'm the size of one um kind of true um so i put it on for three hours but i think i caked it on how many pumps do you use like i use like two pumps for an arm oh no pump 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 just all over. do you yeah I'm surprised you're not more I have to put a lot on my hands because I put gloves on at work and my hands sweat and then I have like brown arms and white hands. Well, right now you have got two very orange hands. <laughs> but I quite like the this look. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it smells better than Bondi Sands. Oh, 100%. It goes on better than, like it feels better on than Bondi Sands. But just um, don't be like me and put shitloads on but yeah i think next time i'll just leave it on for an hour or don't put as much on <laughs> you don't need to put like Less half a bottle more. on also it surprises me because you're northern and you're a bit stingy in general about everything so i'm surprised that you went to excess with it so on that topic mm -hmm. it's all about the money 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 it's all about the money 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 i don't really know that song about where make the world dance think about your price tag that makes more sense than the ding yeah i've just made more money ding ding yeah all right let's talk about money so Money yes. and friendships. Or yes. just money, the energy of money. But I think it, it can be quite detrimental to friendships. Yeah. I remember even as a kid, you know very early on whose family has money and whose family don't. Keeping up with the Joneses, it was called in England, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, we were always relatively well off. Like we had, a, we lived at the posh end of the village. Mm. Having said that, I remember my parents arguing about money. It was one of the only things I remember them arguing about. So money used to make me feel quite unsafe. And I used to be quite embarrassed by the fact that we lived in a big house at the posh end of the village. Because a lot of my friends didn't have that. They lived in council housing. Mm. And so I felt, I always felt quite, yeah, embarrassed about having money. But also in the home itself... It was quite scarce. Mm. Like all the money went onto the mortgage. There wasn't, you know, we didn't have good holidays or. So it, would, it got better, I think, as we got older. But yeah, when I was. I mean, really there were young. three children, though, as well. That's a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's five ma- five mouths to feed. Yeah, although two and a half, really. I didn't really eat much as a kid. No. Um, That's why I'm so short now, I, s- I swear. <laughs> because you <laughs> didn't I only ate peas and rice when I'm, I was a kid. I'm short because I'm the milkman's, I think. Um, yeah, growing up, money. I mean, we lived in a relatively, well, a lovely house in the nice nice part, really. I remember when I was 13, my dad got made redundant and money became tight in the house. But if we ever wanted something, it was always there, but they really tried to teach us the value of money. Mm. My dad was very good with money. And even though my mum didn't do hairdressing anymore, she still sort of did it a little bit on a weekend and things like that. Extra cash. Yeah, Yeah. extra cash. She used to call it a running away money. (laughs) Which I suppose, like... You know, housewives of the 80s and 90s were, you know, I suppose they needed that safety net because money was controlled probably more by one person in the house. I'm not going to say male or female. It just used to be. traditionally used to be men, didn't it, I think? Yeah. In England, certainly. Um, So, yeah, I think money, friendships, everything kind of stems from a young age. Yeah, totally. Your money mindset, how you feel about money, how you interact with the energy of money, that all starts from the moment that you are born like anything else yeah it's the energy that you're around that will create the belief systems that you live in which will create the manifestation that you then have yeah so yeah yeah, my parents were always quite good with me with money I've always been out of me and my brother I've always been like the frivolous one Jesus (laughs) I know that's fair you bought a Jo Malone candle the other night (laughs) <laughs> made me raise my eyebrows and I was like what I'm sorry how much I know I sat in the bath yesterday afternoon was it worth put it put my Jo Malone candle on yeah it was lovely good you know I'd worked good for you worked, worked hard yesterday I felt yeah, like totally. I could switch switch my hundred dollar candle on wish I could switch it on and off well the thing is about it. money is like like part of the purpose of money is so that you can enjoy the experience of being alive and the more that you do that the more you engage in the abundance frequencies, which is how more money comes to you. Yeah. Like, why would you not spend $100 on a candle? And as long as you enjoy it, there's a difference between spending $100 on a candle and then feeling guilty about it and then worrying about, oh God, I shouldn't have done that. Or why did I do that? Because that energy just Mm. attracts more of that energy, right? And all I felt was like, it was lovely to put this candle on and really sit there and appreciate it and just be like, I've really treated myself and this is really nice. Yeah, lovely. But... I do think, like we're saying, it stems from your background growing up, but your relationship with money, that's that's the key here, I think. Oh, yeah, how yeah. you are with money, then how it relates in all your friendships. Mm. So I think I have a very good relationship with money. I kind of have a bit of a joke with money, I think, really. Yeah. Quite a jovial relationship. Yeah, I would say that you enjoy your money. Yeah. But I love a bargain. I love the wins. Love a bargain. But it's not a bargain because I'm tight with my money. It's a bargain because I feel like I'm beating the system. It's like, yeah. (laughs) Woo! I'm a true northerner. Good on you. All right, let's talk specifically about money and friendships. Yeah. So, um, should we talk about ours first or just... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yours and mine, friendship and money. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty fluid, isn't it? Is that the word wow. that we'd use for it? I actually went to confess something. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I've been counting every single cent. I've got a spreadsheet here <laughs> and you owe me. Um, yeah, from when we first met, we've never had, 
I've never given you any cash. I don't think I've ever transferred you any money. Oh, unless you've bought something for me, like you put an order of candles in for me and I transferred you the money for that. Yeah, because it was funny the other night, Natalie actually said, oh, what's Emily's bank account? And I went, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't know. Mm. Because we just don't work like that, do we? It's just like, I'll get this. It's a mental running tab. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just a nice energy flow, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes you'll just say, it's definitely my turn. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, it is, because we're at the most expensive restaurant. <laughs> Get those oysters and champagne ready. <laughs> And then obviously, like when we're going to Yochi and I've got to buy one, get one free, I'm like, oh, definitely my turn, Chad Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Beating the system, aren't you, little Beating Northern? Beating the system. Um, but no, we do I have think... a lovely relationship with it. Yeah. And like a little you... bit of a joke about the Northern and the Southern thing. Yeah. Yeah. And from day one, it's just been like, a, oh, I'll buy this. And then the next time you, you buy this. And then the next time I buy this. And it, it never once have we been like, well, actually, no, because we're in a sandwich shop and last week we were in the you know, the restaurant, like yeah. it's just always been a, what goes around comes around and it's just never, ever, ever have we looked at it in the binary code of number. It's just like, you did this thing, I'm doing this thing. Because like, money is one particular metric that we use to measure the value of something. So sometimes, I can't remember, something happened the other day, didn't it? And I said, I'll buy you Yochi if you do this for me. That sounds like... <laughs> bribing you but I can't remember what it was you were doing something for me anyway it might have been like trying to get a stain out of my t-shirt or whatever and I was like oh thank you so much for doing that for me I tell you what next time it's on me so I think we understand money to be an exchange of energy as opposed to this binary thing that is like I spent $50 here so and you only spent $30 so you owe me $20 like we just don't look at it like that in our own lives I don't think so we don't look at it like that with each other Yeah. And I think that's quite a good kind of base of friendship because then it's not like, well, I was going through that hard time and you only sat with me for an hour and now Mm. you're going through a hard time and I sat with you all day. Yeah. Like it's still the same, isn't it? Yeah. Money. It's tit for tat. Money, time, energy. Energy, all of it. It's all exactly the same. It's just, I'm going to go into like, we're all just atoms and particles, but we are. And it's like, if, if you start a friendship with money like that, everything else kind of rolls the same, doesn't it? I think so. What happens if, I'll just use you and I as an example. So you're like rolling in it because you're such a successful little businesswoman, you. And um, I'm the poor little nurse. <laughs> i say, at, for example, you're out of work. I'm out of work. Yeah. And then I have to say to you, Emily, I can't. Do I mm. say to you as a friend, Emily, at the minute, I can't afford to be doing this flow? Yeah. Or do I get myself into debt by paying for things? Like, is the shame around that? Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I see where you're I going. I didn't so really like, articulate that very well, but... So what you're saying is, like, do you turn around to me and say, hey, do you know what, I can't be doing lunch like this or going yeah. out for combi or going out for smoothies or... So I'm just going to... Whenever I feel the need, whenever I feel like I can buy myself lunch, I'm just going to buy my own lunch. Mm. I mean, I would hope that you would be able to feel that you could have that conversation with me and know that I would there would be no judgment yeah. on you in any way, shape, or form because I don't believe that how much somebody is worth in a monetary way is in indicative in how much they are worth as a person. Mm. But I have been in that situation before where I have had considerably less money than the people around me and it has felt so shameful 
and so awkward and so I chose to continue getting myself in debt as opposed to be like actually guys I can't afford to go to that restaurant with you today because of the shame around it because of the shame the embarrassment it made me feel less than but surely your friends would have understood but I didn't trust myself enough Mm. I didn't love myself enough I didn't see my worth enough in me to be able to stand and have that conversation with somebody else so my assumed judgment right assuming that my friends would judge me was actually my own judgment Mm. of myself so this was all when I was like in my early 30s and I think there is a massive jump in age where money suddenly becomes really apparent like for me, I went to university and I know not everyone has, but basically anyone in their early 20s is pretty fucking broke, right? Apart from me. Apart from you. I bought I bought my first house in my 20s. So I was kind of broke, but in a different way. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So like I graduated from uni and all of my friends and I, we all had this massive walking student debt. We were all doing entry level jobs. We were still paying off our student overdraft, for God's sake. So everybody was just pretty piss poor. And... As we grew up and sort of some people chose to pursue careers in banking, for example, some people chose to go back to university and so and do their MA or a further qualification. And so they were in more student debt and still living kind of on that student poverty line. Other people like me, I went straight into relatively well paid for a 20 something year old employment. But then, of course, when you get to your late 20s, all of those decisions begin paying off in a different way. My mm. it, my income was so capped, I couldn't earn any more than I was earning. The only thing that fluctuated was whether or not I hit my bonuses. But my income was completely capped. And that was fine when I was 24. But by the time I got to be 29, 30, all of my peers were earning much more money than me because they were doing higher paid jobs than me. Yeah. And I found that when I came across here to Melbourne, I was working in hospital earning 20 bucks an hour as a 32 year old and my peers who were in their early 30s were you know into close to six figures or beyond and I was so ashamed of my job I was so ashamed of myself I didn't see the value in myself and I felt like that was reflected in how much money I had in the bank or lack of that instead of saying I can't afford that I can't come to this bless you um I can't afford to go to that restaurant Mm. I can't afford to get a bag in (laughs) yeah I just pretended like I had the same amount of money as them and that just plunged me further and further and further into debt and and the energy around it and the energy around it shame around it and the fact that then you dug yourself in such a big hole you can actually tell your friends actually I don't have this kind of income. I don't have this kind of income. And I'm horrendously in debt and I'm trying to keep up with you. And it's debit. And it caused such anxiety. You know, you go out for a nice meal with your friends on a Saturday night. And I would just be so worried about, you know, looking at the restaurant beforehand, like the prices of, of the food on the menu online, and then just being like, oh, fuck. So you go and you'd like order a salad. And then they'd be like, let's split the bill. And you're like, fuck. So I just, you know, obviously my favorite coping mechanism then was also alcohol so I just used to get so drunk that it didn't bother me and then you'd wake up the next morning and you realize because you got so drunk at some point you also agreed to get a bag of cocaine (laughs) and then then you got like literally spent like 450 dollars on a shit Saturday night out yeah and it was just so easy to do 
and I've had to do quite a lot of work in my own world around really forgiving myself for that and really allowing my mistakes to be valid and to be okay and not to feel and to release the shame around it Mm. because while you continue to be in the shame around it you'll always feel shame around money and money's not going to come to you if you feel shame so so where do you stand on paying bills and splitting bills in restaurants because could you not have pulled one of those friends aside and just said hey the person I am now could yes the person I was then couldn't so again it goes back to the relationship with yourself the, yeah the it? relationship you have so with yourself it, yeah. yeah instead of saying well if your friends were true friends they'd understand but it's actually if you're a true friend to you yeah then you would be able to tell your friend yeah yeah um because this look kind of like love yourself before I know one else so I just think be your own best mate before you can have true friendships yeah yeah, I think so. Yeah. I still find the splitting of the bill quite a weird thing. Go on then, what's your what's your southern approach on this? And I'll tell you my northern approach. Regardless, I find it quite upsetting is the wrong word. I find it quite interesting when people like there's a difference, right? If I went out for dinner and a friend of mine was like in a position that maybe I was a few years ago and said, actually, I really can't afford these restaurant prices. I'm, you know, or I'm just going to pay for myself. I'm just going to grab a salad. And actually I have, I've actually had that conversation with friends in the past where I've no, I've known we're going to a restaurant and I've said, just a heads up, have a quick look at the prices because you might want to pre-eat, <laughs> you know, you actually might want to eat a sandwich before you come so that you can have a less expensive dish on the menu and therefore, you don't have to, you know, fork out for a $50 main course. I've actually had that conversation with friends. And so I've got no problem when somebody is in a financial position where they feel like they can't just split the bill equally between the eight people around the table or whatever. Mm. I've been there myself. I know what that felt like. I have no problem if someone's like, I'm just going to pay for my own. All good, whatever. I find it hard <laughs> when somebody who I know is relatively wealthy and can afford to split the bill eight ways, sits there and goes, all right, well, I only had one glass of that bottle and like starts trying to pay for their own, but like to the cent. Do you know what I mean? So I'll look at something, I'll be like, $27. Okay, well, let's just call that 30 because the excess that I put in Mm. is going to go to the wait staff. Yeah. And so... Yeah, when people are like, well, okay, so I owe $8.50, plus I had one glass of the sparkling water from that bottle so, and tries to divide that. I find that quite yeah. annoying, insulting, annoying, frustrating, foreign. Yeah. I, if I try and drop the judgment around it, I find it foreign. If mm. I'm going to be really fucking human about it, I'm like, don't be a dick. So you're in a restaurant and all your mates are sat there drinking and part of that bill racks up to $300 in drinks. I always say I'm not paying for the alcohol. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But for me, that's less about the money and and more more about about my alcoholism. Yeah. 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 I just wanted kind of a... And I've also been in that situation before where the bill has come and not, not in a mean way, but just I hadn't thought about it. Someone around the table has been like, oh, should we just split this eight ways? And I've seen that, you know, there's, you know, however many bottles of wine and Mm. beers and a couple of cocktails and I've just been like no booze though like let's just split the food eight ways and then we split 
the drink eight ways. Yeah. And yeah. I'll happily pay for my sparkling water or my virgin yeah. mojito or whatever I've had. But no, I will... Yeah. yeah, that's less from a money... And also, booze is really expensive. Like, that's the difference between me paying a $70 bill and yeah. a $250 bill. Yeah. I just... Yeah, and like you said, it's less about the money and more about the alcohol and your relationship with alcohol, mm. isn't it? Yeah. I just wanted to ask, really, because obviously I'm in month five of my You're year sobriety. So well. I'm so proud of I you. I know. I'm really proud of me, too. Mm. Um few people have asked me how I'm feeling and it's more I react to things differently. Yes, I really understand yeah. that. It's not a feeling. It's not like, oh, yeah, I gave up alcohol and now I feel amazing. You know, I'm quite healthy anyway, but it's my reaction. My knee-jerk reaction, is yeah. that what you say? Knee-jerk reaction is different. Mm. Um, so splitting bills... How about, like, holidays? I've been thinking about this. I mean, let's just dream that we're all flying everywhere next year. Well, they reckon the Holiday 18... celebrate if, if we took... Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's if we took a holiday. You've, yeah, you're it could like, be so nice. That's the bit I was going for. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Same song, different part. <laughs> so obviously the rumor, little rumor bill, rumor bill, rumor mill. There's a there's a song about rumor mill as well. Um, no, I no, won't. No, that's the karaoke is officially <laughs> over. Um, that flights to the UK might start up again on the 18th of December, and I sort of casually mentioned to my sister that if I could come home obviously I would and I was like and I'll, I'll be flying business class and she was like really and I was like yeah fucking really yeah and it made me think well I mean you've not f- flown for like 18 months so if you put all the this is Miss Northerner if you add all the trips up that you would have done in 18 months that's your business class flight. Yeah, I don't think about it like that. No, I do, because I'm yeah. a northerner. I They're just, my wins, you see. That's a win for me. Yeah. See, I don't see it like that. I'd, I see it as I would happily have paid for all of those trips <laughs> and business yeah. class. Yeah. But... <clears throat> posh southerner. Anyway. Posh southerner. Even though it's um, business class. class. It is business class. 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 You've got to be classy in business class. <laughs> well, you're not getting on board then. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was thinking about holidays in 2022 and obviously because no one's been on a holiday probably very due a crew holiday with some friends and I was thinking about it and I was like there are some friends that won't be in a financial position to fly business class when I will and I was like I have got no problem with getting on the same flight as a group of mates and going to business class while they sit in economy doesn't bother me at all I don't think I'd be I'm not braggy about that I just I'm gonna fly economy I'm not gonna fly economy I'm gonna fly business class not a problem sorry I'm really laughing because I've got this little thing in my head I'm really sorry I'm going outside the box can you remember that trip that we were gonna go to Tasmania for your birthday and um I booked and got you upgraded to business class and then I had to wait and I was like I'm gonna throw peanuts at your head the whole time um oh, that was right for a minute there you didn't you only had an economy seat and I had a business class and then seat, the Friday brilliant. I got upgraded to business and then the Friday night Dan Andrews and that's the snap lockdown <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was just that's why I was laughing because that came into my head that like yeah. I've no problem with me sat in business class <laughs> and my friends. Yeah, even when they fucking upgraded birthday. you. 
and it's your birthday. Uh, happy Sorry. birthday, babe. Anyway, um, so you're on the flight, you're happy. Yeah, so no problem with that. Yeah. My problem then, or, or, the, or the tension then happens when we're looking at accommodation, right? So mm. I want to stay in a villa that costs $300 a night. Well, a friend wants to stay in a villa that costs $75 a night. Backpackers United. <laughs> well, it doesn't necessarily need to be Backpackers United, but there is a marked difference, isn't there, mm. between sort of, you know, what you get and how nice a place is and where it's located. And I am in a, I'm in a privileged financial position mm. at the moment. No, it's not privileged. I am privileged as a human being because yeah. I'm white and I'm a woman and I'm English and all that kind of stuff. I've got two passports. I'm really aware of my privilege. I've worked so fucking hard mm. on myself, on my relationship with money, on growing my business so that it can generate income and time freedom for mm. me. Like I've worked my ass off so, and I refuse to be apologetic for the amount of money that I've got as a result of doing that work. Mm. Equally, I don't want to not enjoy that money. And so going on holiday and being like, I don't know, like, I don't want to stay in the $75 a night mm. villa. I want to stay in the $300 a night dollar villa. Yeah. And so for me, and a lot of people talk about how awkward it is when you've got less money than your friends. And mm. I think that's the predominant narrative around friendship and money. But I have got to, and I'm in a sort of continuous energetic work around the feeling of being um, a bit apologetic and, you know, not wanting to look like I'm showing off. And mm. it's it's actually quite a challenge. I'm finding it more challenging and I'm having to do a lot of work because I don't want to limit the amount of money that's coming my way by being fearful of having more money and feeling like more, the more money I have, the less or the more stress that puts on my friendships like I'm having to do a lot of work around so you're on the other side now I'm on you're the, the other, other side person. of it yeah and and I have been I have been both let's be yeah. really fucking clear there were yeah. years and years where I was like I said very scarce mm. and without doubt the lowest paid person in the room for many years that's why you don't want to show off now you see because you're quite humble about it but one thing I picked up on that was the fact that your friendship group there's quite a diverse age different diverse age difference don't know whether that makes sense but there's a big age difference so yeah I'm one of the oldest ones you're yeah oldest one grandma in the room <laughs> um, <laughs> grandma's staying in the five-star hotel because she can't have anything old. but egyptian <laughs> cotton sheets uh, because I'm it'll tear her skin it's that wrinkly <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is when you're in your 20s even if you've got three hundred dollars you might not look at that as a luxury of staying in a five-star hotel you might think well with that three hundred dollars I can go out and get shit-faced yeah, there's a value yeah that's yeah. it the value has changed because I remember saying to someone at work the other day the good thing about getting older is you can have nice things yeah well we can because we've no children so yeah and that's um, another factor isn't it yeah. like I can go on holiday and stay in a really nice resort because I don't have two children who mm. you know would you know run around and make a noise yeah. and all of that kind of stuff I don't need to stay in a child-friendly place no but I do know what you're saying the value that you place changes mm. as you grow older and while I don't have many friends who are in, in their 20s I can definitely see how you choose to spend your money in different ways the older that you get yes so I just want to pick up on the hotel the last holiday I went on just before lockdown my best sort of friend in Australia, 
at the time because you know you're my best friend <laughs> um, <laughs> Carly abandoned me and moved back to Canada um good so, old Carly yeah. Carly I want to come to Canada so Carly had been traveling the world and she'd come back to Australia and then was going to stay in Bali for a few months because she had a bit of a laptop life and she's like hey why don't you come to Bali um for a few weeks I'm like yeah awesome some of my other friends were going to Bali the same few weeks. So when I first met Carly over there, I spent a few days with her in one resort. And it just happened that we ended up sharing like the same room because we were booked in somewhere else. And she saw it before I did. And she's like, Rochelle will not stay here. <laughs> so she's like, this is the alternative. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. So we stayed in this really nice place. Anyway, when we got to um, Ubud... Because obviously we're little yogis. Are you making lots of noise in the background with the wood? Trying to tell a story. All about Chadbourne. No, I'm just cold. I thought you might be cold too. I was doing it for you. (laughs) All right. So we go to Ubud and Carly's booked us into these lovely like little turret things. And the first night I'm in my turret, literally there's no air conditioning. There's no proper windows and I get bitten to death by mosquitoes I met her at breakfast and I'm like Carly I I can't stay here she's like that's cool babe so I found myself this really lovely hotel just two streets away had a spa downstairs big spa bath in my room you know they do those lovely petals and everything love a good petal bar and so I she's like you go and stay there but again she's got this lovely energy like you do you yeah. Like, this holiday is about you, it's not about me, but we yeah. can hang out. So I stayed down the road, and then her other friend, Sloan, came, and her sister worked for, like, the Sheraton or something, so she'd got a room at the Sheraton. And then my other friend was in the next street with her mum in another hotel, mm. and we'd meet up every morning, have breakfast together, and then do our own thing, and then meet up at the yoga studio, and then have dinner together. And then I'd go back to my lovely hotel, have my um, little coconut and journal, because I was in Bali. Yeah, nice. And then I'd wake up in the morning and I'd go down to the spa. Carly would be in her little turret doing her work. And just the energy and the dynamics worked so lovely that we're all in this village. It was a bit like, you know, all hanging out in Melbourne. Yeah, but um, in the same suburb, Yeah, in different a- sort of hostels or hotels yeah. or villas or yeah and it works so well and we all had like a little story to tell at breakfast wherever we were going I walked away from that holiday thinking I've had such a lovely time I've really put myself first and I needed this holiday mm. for me but I've also been able to hang out with my friends who I've not seen for you know That's six a months really nice way of doing it actually and it was amazing it was probably the best holiday I always say it was the only holiday that I came home saying I don't need a holiday yes and it was just great because you had that time and maybe it's a when you get older thing you need that time to yourself we both live on our own so we're very independent and then as soon as you're with another person in a hotel room Mm. um, also not drinking I think makes a massive difference doesn't it because there's less of that like, oh, let's all go back to the villa. And mm. I'm like, I'm going back to the villa to sleep, my friend. And I would yeah. like to get up at 5 a.m. to meditate. So yeah. I suppose that makes... So maybe I'll just, when I when the next holiday happens, I just... Find yourself. Find my own place and be make sure it's near everyone else, yeah. but be okay with that. Yeah. Mm. 
and it's great and it doesn't mean that there's no connection it doesn't mean you have to be alone it doesn't mean no. any of the stories that you might tell yourself yeah and it was actually better because we all had a little story of you know the person that was on the reception desk that day and yeah. you know it was just really nice she actually had like little stories to tell each mm. other so my advice to anyone out there <laughs> you do you boo yeah just do you it's your holiday it's your life mm. your friends all all love you no matter what yeah if you love yourself first one of the ongoing conversations that I'm having with myself and my coach around managing my energy and my fear around money and friendships as I continue mm to attract more and more and more and more money and many of my friends are in jobs where they are capped in their income like when does that gap become like when does that gap hold so much tension that it becomes sort of uncomfortable and Mm. how do I have to stand in my power around that and be like that cannot be a factor in how much money I'm willing to let myself receive from the universe yeah yeah and that's not to say I'm going to choose money over my friends because I get to have both. Mm. There's a lot of social conditioning around, you know, those two people were really great in movies and all that kind yeah. of stuff, you know, like oh, those two people were really great friends. And then she got really, really rich and turned into a bitch or like that movie Overboard, yeah. you know, with Goldie Horn and she like loses her memory and mm. she turns into this really nice person because she's poor. And so I think, you know, we're, we're navigating as well all of these narratives which tell us that if you're rich, you're probably not particularly nice person yeah which is not which is not the truth at all and so I'm just doing a lot of my own inner work around that at the moment so that I can maintain beautiful friendships with beautiful people Mm. and also feel safe to call in the next layer of wealth yeah I bought my own house when I was 21 yeah I didn't know that until you just said that yeah that's pretty that's pretty amazing not many people do that yeah do you feel like you had to sacrifice to do that (sighs) yeah so I probably sacrificed and I probably isolated myself a little bit because mm. I just, I didn't have the kind of money everyone else did. I'm probably a bit like you. mean you. disposable. Yeah. And my friends are, at the time were quite a bit older than me. So I was in my 20s and they were all like in the 30s. So they also had houses, mm. but probably in a different age bracket and value and things mm. than me. So I probably struggled in different ways. And then when my property increased be like oh shit you know well maybe I just get another 10 grand out of the value of my house so I can keep up with my friends a little bit but then that really shifted in my life so that was really early 20s but then in my late 20s it would have been 30 really coming to Australia I rented my apartment out I wanted to save for a year so I moved back home for a bit And I remember when the girls were going out for drinks and things, I would go and I would have like an orange cordial, which was something like 70 pence in the pub. But I wasn't ashamed of doing that because I was like, I'm just going to have this, be social. Because I'm working for something. Because I'm working for something. So that's the difference, isn't it? It's like, this is my dream. Mm. This is my goal. So then no one's like, oh, you know, she came to the pub. They're all like, oh, wow, Rochelle's mm. going to Australia. So every it's a different energy it's again, totally isn't it? It's like, I can't afford this because I don't earn enough money and I'm making that about my own self-worth. And I'm choosing not to spend money on this because I'm directing all of my funds at the moment into this other project, which is so fucking phenomenal yeah. that basically everyone else is already a bit jealous. Mm. So let's just finish with a little bit of a chat around like, 
how do you ensure sensitivity with your friends around money from both ends of the spectrum? Because mm. I think it's easy for you and I because our values are really aligned when it comes to money and the exchange of energy. And so I feel like for you and I, it's, quite, it's, it's just been quite a natural place to sit in. But I think for some friendships, it can cause a little bit of tension. Yeah. Some people are very awkward around money. Some people who are very rich are very scarce around money. Oh, I've got mates that I know have got a lot of money. Mm. And like you said, you know, oh, no, I'll get my own coffee. I'm like, why? I'll, you just get the next ones. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, we could be in a different place. It might be 50 cents difference. It's like... Get rid of that energy, man. Yeah, because like, you can stop. Have, you can have a lot of money and not be rich. Yeah, right. You can still be in that mindset of when's it going to be taken away? I've got to grab onto it. I can't share it with anybody else. It's there's an infinite amount, and I must protect mine. Like that is yeah, yeah. That's not a way to enjoy money. And I think, like you said, the thing is with you and I, not just we have a good flow, but we've done so much inner work ourselves so around our own energy, our relationships with everything. And I remember when I first was saving my money to come to Australia, I changed my whole mindset about money. And I just had this mantra constantly in my head saying, I am a money magnet, money flows to me with ease. I had thousands and thousands of pounds of monopoly money in my wallet. Mm. I was filthy rich in my head. I was rich for my goal to get out here. Yeah. Um, I have money all over my house. Oh, I know. I've I put the <laughs> <laughs> well, you did. Slip a dollar here and there. Woo! I do. I feel like a stripper when I just <laughs> put it in my back pocket. That's hilarious. No. Anyone out there, I do not steal money off Emily Chadbourne. That's funny because my she money... She just pays me to be her friend. <laughs> Please, I'll pay you in frozen yogurt. Well, you don't know that you pay me to be your friend. (laughs) Secretly, you just hang out with me because I pay for shit. Um, I actually, that's a fair point, isn't it? That's when it goes. Oh, yeah, that's that's when it's awkward, right? When you feel like you're always footing the bill, or people expect you to pay. I, I will say this for my friends who maybe don't earn the same amount of money as I do. Never once have I felt from any of my friends that they look to me and expect me to pay because I have more money than them. Well, funnily enough, I do feel as soon as you say like anything medical or dental, people assume I earn a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I would and agree. people assume I earn a lot of money because I live in a nice apartment, because I've bought an apartment. I fucking scrimped and scraped and saved and worked my ass off mm. to live in this apartment. Mm. And I probably sacrifice obviously not $100 candles. No, that was a real treat. But I really sacrifice certain things that don't hold value to me. Yes. Like, I don't go out for lots of dinners. I don't drink alcohol anymore. You know, so I probably live a very relatively easy life. But I do think a lot of people think I have a lot of money. Yes. I think you're quite smart with your money. And I think you manifest money quite well. You manifest random money quite well. (laughs) like Because I never look at where it's actually coming from. I'm just like, I want want this amount or more. And it will, no, actually, don't even really go, I want this amount. It's a goal thing for me. So I'm like, I want a house. Mm. And then the money will just come. Well, because because it's the binary code of the number doesn't mean anything. It's the Mm. emotion that you attach to it. And the universe only understands emotion, which is why... 
for most people setting the goal of a house or a car or a holiday or flying first class mm. whatever it is is much easier to obtain because there's no emotional charge behind a hundred thousand dollars or no. 50 grand yeah. or whatever and it's a joy isn't it yeah but yeah I do have probably one or two friends that think I'm really rich I'm like sure oh. You think I'm and that's rich. not a problem, is it? It becomes a problem if they then start treating you like you should be able to afford this or why aren't you paying for this for me? Mm. So, yeah, what are some of the ways that you think is, is going to be helpful to some listeners who might be experiencing some uncomfortable situations around money? I think, number one, sort your own money issues out. Yeah. Because how the, the issues that you have with friendships or with family members around money will probably be something that you are experiencing with your own relationship with money and then it's mirrored and manifested. Um, so that's always the first step. Mm. Check your own relationship with money first and Check foremost. Check yourself. I think the way that you are with money is quite often the way that you are with lots of other things. Mm, it's a reflection. It, it really Reflector. is. Reflection. I remember a mentor of mine really early on saying to me that money is like the greatest magnifier that there is. Mm. So how you are with $100 in your bank account and how you are with a million dollars in your bank account is the same but amplified. Yeah. So if you are generous and you are kind and you are understanding and, and approachable with $100, you'll be even more of that with a million dollars. But if you are rude and obnoxious and scarce and, mm. you know, like misery with $100, you'll be even more of that with a million dollars. And so when it comes to dealing with people in your life that are causing tension when it comes to the conversation of money or the relationship of money inside friendships you kind of need to take a step back and, and ask yourself where else is this showing up in our friendship and do I want to tolerate that mm. am I okay with that do I need to put a boundary in place with that and is the consequence of that boundary not being adhered to that we see less of each other or we're not as close or we stop going out for dinner because quite often yeah like how someone is with money will be kind mm -hmm. of shown in other ways as well yeah like I said earlier yeah like, oh you spent an hour with me and I spent a day with you yeah, yeah. it's that because tit for wealth, tat. wealth is not just about money yeah. it's about everything and two things I always stand by is one if you're meant to have it it'll always come back to you if it's meant for you it'll come to you if it's meant for you it'll come to you and without me going into too much sort of personal detail I know we've briefly spoken about my inheritance mm. and kind of what happened with you that. and I privately yeah yeah and what happened with that and you said I don't know how you you don't know I don't, I don't know how you let that go yeah that for me is like Dalai Lama <laughs> style yeah. forgiveness that you you just let that go and yeah. I your entire inheritance you just let it go one of my friends said did you get what you wanted and I said financially no mentally 110 percent you mean like emotionally emotionally mm -hmm. everything just lifted when that was signed and finished yeah it was like I can now grieve for my parents mm. and I always said it's fine it'll come back to me and now I've got this apartment mm. and it's valued quite high mm. now. And it, yeah, it came back to money me. on this apartment. Yeah, it's come yeah. back to me. It's fine. Yeah. But I, I didn't hold on to resentment or feeling. I just, you it had was, to let it go. I had to let it go because otherwise it would have killed me and ate me alive inside. Yeah. Um, so let it go, let, let it, it go. go, and that's the end of the Chad Bourne and Fisher show. 
<laughs> Sorry, listeners. Okay, now we're down to two listeners because oh, no one needs to hear from Chelsea. What was the second thing? <laughs> Do you remember? So the first thing was, if it's meant for you, it'll come for you. Yeah, and yeah, I'm just like, it will just let it go and it will come back. Yeah. It will come back in abundance. Yeah. If you had attached yourself to the unfairness of what happened with your inheritance and the spite and, and the spite and the bitterness yeah. and the anger then money doesn't come no it fester it, yeah yeah it, yeah like an infection it yeah. will fester but yeah. what was the second thing i can't remember <laughs> to be honest the first thing was good enough yeah, yeah. It, it, that'll, just, be. that'll yeah. do just that'll the first do. thing just right. the first thing well um, i mean we could talk about this forever but we've been talking for like a while so we should wrap it up if you've got any if you've got are you going to be what a rapper (laughs) what would would your rap name be um dj fish (laughs) no dj mcfish remember last week the mcfish my wedding name oh yeah Yeah. um what would my rap name be now be something really cool like the rockster dj rockster (laughs) God, DJ, DJ, Granny rocks. <laughs> Granny rocks are in the house. <laughs> um, if you have any stories that you would like us to read about money and friendships, funny stories, sad stories, we want to hear all of them. We are as soon as we stop recording this episode, we are going to sort ourselves out a little Instagram account. No, we're not. We're going to watch a movie and then do an Instagram account. Right, can we get Yechi? Yeah, sure. Ah, frozen, you're you're paying. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually my time it's my turn great i'm gonna put extra toppings on you do whoop, that whoop. you live in abundance my love always doing it's your cash <laughs> um so if you've got any stories we'd really love to hear them i think yeah. it, it adds something and we want to make a community out of this podcast yeah. so like please always anonymous you can dm us um we'll put the link for our new instagram account in the show notes um so please dm us there or you can dm us on, on our personal yeah. instagrams um and let us know your stories so that we can share them and so that we can talk to them and yeah so and discuss that, them yeah so that you know we can build this sense of of community it's important to us that you feel heard and and have your space to have your story told all right gorgeous peeps thanks for listening and please share that, it please share it please share it and on that note i'm gonna go and eat my body weight in yochi because you're yeah. paying yeah we hope you've enjoyed this episode as always we'd love to hear your feedback We just ask that you make it kind. If you have topics you'd like us to cover, questions you'd like to ask, or just fancy getting in touch, please head to the show notes. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review. And as always, share us with your mates. Thanks for listening.